Welcome to another episode of the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. A GLT with me, CG, which is a slippery slope to a G&T with me, CG. And we're recording, please. Oh, yes, indeed. And we're recording. And uh, we have royalty in the clearing today <laughs> because we have the Queen of the Americas. Bum, bum, bum. Oh, I'll gonna... take a queen, Grimesy. Yeah. I'll take Another a action. queen. Yes, Grimesy's welcoming. And you, I like the fact you call me Grimesy. Not everyone can, but you do. And I love it. Uh, bless you for that. You, so the Queen of the Americas for Working Voices, uh, one of the most successful, prolific trainers, heads up America. But also I think of you as being a queen in that um, in another parallel universe, you could have been Carlisi in Game of Thrones. Because I know you're slightly, if I may, obsessive with Game of Thrones in a good way. And I've seen lots She's of really good profile pictures of you on the very throne of the Game of Thrones with all the swords and everything through it. Absolutely. Yeah. Super fan. Totally. And in fact, during the winter uh, periods of the pandemic, winter has definitely come, as they say. Yes. Winter has stayed. It's no longer yes. coming. It's here. You know nothing, Jon Snow. You know... Anyway, this isn't about Game of Thrones. What am I talking about? So, uh, yes, welcome to The Clearing. It's a real pleasure to talk to you. So, um, you're an actress originally. Um, we talked about Game of Thrones, but uh, you are, are a, a, an acapella. No, it's a band called the Salt Cracker Crazies. Yes. You can tell us all about this. I'm just positioning you. And also you do something called R-Bar or R-Bar, as you would mm -hmm. say, which is the equivalent of what I do comedy improvisationally here in the UK. But you do it in a bar setting. And I came to see it once in New York as well. But anyway, you're extremely welcome. We share working voices in common, but we're going to in uh, welcome you to the clearing, as I do with all my guests, to shake your tree and to find out what your story is. Jennifer Ryan, Peary Logue. I love this, Chris Grimes. I'd like you to intro me for everything in my life. That I'm was strange, amazing. <laughs> I'm strangely available until January because that's when. I was going to say, <laughs> just like, hey, I've got to do a Time Warner bill thing. Can you get on and intro me? This is amazing. Thank you for that fabulous intro. I appreciate that. I'm You're excited great. to be in the clearing. Lovely. So um, we can get straight on the open road of that. But first of all, in what, what's your story of the moment, would you say? How's morale? Well, you know, Chris Grimesy, and I'll try not to call you Grimesy endearingly throughout this entire thing. Right now, I think what's really powerful about what we do and what we teach, as you know, is we teach people about how to change your mindset, change your life, or we teach them that people can control their communication. And I'd say morale right now is, boy, are we glad we have those tools. <laughs> it's a practice right now, a very, uh, it can be difficult to practice in these days, for sure. And I'd say morale is, is consistent but definitely on that treadmill of practicing what we do. <laughs> That's such a good way to put it, because we too are human. And as we both know, the pandemic has tilted the universe because it's tilted the universe. But our work, too, uh, has its own version of going off a cliff. And we, too, need to have found out how to adapt, fall upwards, evolve, change, which we can all be really proud of, as can all of our clients. But it's 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 not been easy, shall no. we? Say. No, I'm so... And Chris, I know you're you're a lover of the yes and and that powerful tool you and I live by. And I have to say, I, it has been a mantra in my mind, as well as when we are collaborating with our clients or our teammates, 
that living in the yes and has now become an essential skill. <laughs> I would say so. And in fact, just a couple of days ago, I read something very interesting about reframing and we'll talk about the world of coaching. But, you know, the, the mindset of, oh, when you're feeling a bit down on oneself, the mindset of, oh, what's the point? That's the right. reframing is just to say that's the point and then work out what that point is. That's um, exactly so, right. So yes and as opposed to no but is just a really seismic and tectonic, just a flick of a switch. A it's bit so like true. I am versus I am I, which, as you know, I talk about I am Spartacus quite a lot. But I anyway, love that too. I'm Spartacus. You're Spartacus, you... I am Khaleesi. So there you go. Oh, I was just about to say exactly that same thing. So you, you stole my thunder beautifully there. So um, welcome to the clearing. And I love your name, by the way, Jennifer Ryan Piri Logue. It takes a big woman to have a big name. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly where you're coming from. So what is a clearing, metaphorically and literally? As you know, we're going to take you through various storytelling uh, mm -hmm. metaphors here, a, a, a very rich journey of your story. So what does a clearing look like to you? I love when you asked me this in my pre-work, and I really thought about it. And I thought I would share with you that when I was growing up, I would train and ride horses. And it was a beautiful, beautiful learning experience to be one with horses for those people who do ride. And because I grew up in Florida, I would often be riding by myself with my very dear horse called Mowgli. And Mowgli was a horse that wasn't all that into other horses or even people. He was a bit of a grouchy. And so it really was Mowgli and I often out in the middle of Florida, which is swampland, which is beautiful at sunrise, actually, but there's a bit of danger to it because Florida's kind of the Australia of the world <laughs> over here. And, are we and talking so, Ever is this Everglades? Excuse my. Yes, very, very my near Everglades. You're, yeah, yeah. you're right. Very near the Everglades. I'd be out with Mowgli in the swampland, which was very peaceful with my horse, but there was always a bit of danger looking around the corner, which. For me, I always like a challenge. So it's peaceful, but I know a challenge is around the corner. So that's my clearing. And I, I love that. There's sort of some comfort, risk, panic in there. Nobody wants you to panic. We don't want Mowgli to panic, but it's it's mm -hmm. just that edge of the edge of swampland. Yes. Absolutely. And I do think having an animal with me always, I'm a huge animal lover. I think they teach us a lot about ourselves. So my clearing always involves an animal as well. I love that. And you're in a two uh, bedroom department in New York at the moment, aren't you? So I'm, yes. assuming, I'm assuming you don't have a, uh, an updated upgrade of Mowgli in your flat. No, now my upgraded literal. So that's my metaphorical probably clearing. My literal one is with my sweet little Shih Tzu Hazel. We walk the <laughs> East River with a sun shining in the bridges and it's all very rural. But also that would be my literal clearing is walking oh. with my sweet little dog. By the way, I love the comedy. We must show a picture to the uh, listeners and viewers of, of Hazel. And in fact, probably Mowgli would have gone, oh, shit the bed, because she's quite small. <laughs> so true. Uh, somebody said to me, it was like, as I grew up, girl got bigger, animals got smaller. <laughs> <was how> <laughs> <life was. laughs> I love that. Also, if I made it with a Jungle Book theme, um, and this is a real compliment to your lovely man, Gene, he could be Baloo in the uh, universe of Jungle Book. <laughs> And often he would agree with how we're feeling in quarantine lately in the pandemic, potentially with the, how we how we've been feeling for sure. And indeed, again, with the blue thing, I know he's quite good at hugging. Uh, so uh, well done. You've, you've landed in a safe pair of arms there. And in fact, I myself have been hugged by Jean and you, you sort of remember when you have been. Yes. 
He makes an impact with a lot of caring. <laughs> just to be clear. Aggressive caring. Just to, just to be clear, he'd probably, no doubt, hug you in a slightly different way than he would me. And just to be clear about that. Oh, you know. Hashtag. I'd allow it. It's fine. <laughs> Awkward. Okay, now we're moving. So we're in the clearing and we're near the Everglades, I'm hearing. And um, so if I may, I'm going to join you in your metaphorical clearing. So if you don't mind, or more importantly, does Mowgli mind because he doesn't like people if I'm stood there yes. with a tree. And in the metaphor, could be the equivalent of an apple tree or even the Joshua tree. I spoke to someone a couple of days ago whose clearing was in the desert for the first time. So yeah. that was Joshua tree. But anyway, here we are. There's a tree. And in the Everglades, there are very particular types of mm -hmm. tree. So we're going to shake your tree to see which apples fall out in your clearing. And as we know, they take the form of a exercise which we love called 54321, where you've had five minutes to think about four things that shape you or have shaped you, Jennifer Ryan Peary Logue, and then three things that inspire you, two things that never fail to grab your attention, and then uh, one quirky or unusual fact about you we couldn't possibly know, or I couldn't even know until you tell us. So it's your apple tree to shake. Um, you can t pick up and chomp on whichever apple you'd like to first. So over to you. I thought about this one long and hard as well, too, because I have I'll be using a lot of food metaphors as well as animal metaphors, but I have a lot that makes up the recipe, I suppose, that shapes me. But I'd say one of the the biggest ones is that I come from a family of deep entrepreneurs and very successful people. And so at a very young age, I saw pretty professional people, particularly women, make a real dent in the universe. One of them being my Aunt Anna, my great aunt. She had one of the very few women-owned businesses in a very rural town here in Florida. She was kind of like an agent for court reporters over here. And at the time she owned her business, it was a bit controversial. There wasn't uh, even, and I, I think this is fascinating, at the time over here, women couldn't even have a mortgage without a male co-signer or at times a credit card. And here is my Aunt Anna owning this business and being deeply professional. And I would sit in her office with her on my chair and I remember spinning around and I would play businesswoman because that was what my Aunt Anna was. <laughs> I would have some of her headphones on and think I was very I love cool. how you say Anna, <laughs> by the way. Andy yes, Anna. my Anna, Anna, my Nana. She's. Uh, I come from a. Uh, I'm in the Florida central part, but it's very southern ladies. Anna, Anna. We got some flows. <laughs> so, oh, she got some flows. I know that. We got some flows, some flossies. So, yep, I grew up with her, and then of course my mother was a really brilliant entrepreneur. Owned her own business. She was a very exceptional interior designer, but also taught me the power of family and how to try to balance all of that, which is difficult. So that's the second big inspiration for me and what shaped me to eventually come where I am today. And then third, I know I've talked to you about this, Chris, but my papa, my grandfather had yeah. a tremendous impact on my life. He was such a talented attorney and would often take me to watch criminal law cases. And he actually started me at six watching these very intense law and order type situations for those of you who are into that show. And I got to see a lot about life. And I remember asking him, what is all these situations that I see playing out that are so challenging and intense, particularly he represented women. And I said, what does this mean about the world? I'm, I'm a bit scared of it, to be honest. And he said, even at that young age, he said, Jennifer, I don't want you to be scared. What I want you to be 
is really curious about what you're good at and what you have a passion for. And just promise me once you figure it out, it will always be in service of others. Make sure it's always to help people. So I had some tremendous family members and, and that's to name a few, to be perfectly honest with you, Chris, that have shaped who I am today and the businesswoman I am today. And if I may, he sounds like a beautiful early exponent of what we now think of as being servant leadership for whom and for what am I in service? And also, I love the through line and the thread there. Powerful, powerful women leader role models for you. Yeah. Uh, because you are a, a powerful entity as a woman leader within a room. I know that because I've seen you facilitate and I've seen you work and I've seen you coach. And so I'm not just blowing smoke at you in that regard. I think there's there's a lovely chime and following forward what you took from your background there. Is is Andy Annie still around, if I may ask? You know, this has been an interesting time for, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, Chris, where you look around and you go, oh, damn, I'm the adult in the room. A lot of these very powerful people in my life have recently passed away. My Aunt Anna passed away recently. My grandfather passed away in the last five years. And it's been interesting for me to look around and go, oh, I, I, I'm supposed to know I'm that person now to my niece or my nephew. And I'm sure and that's, you are. That's by the been way, interesting. That, there's a there's a very interesting you know seismic thing about succession planning in there, and I think the mantle you know is yours. That that throne yes. you know, and I've talked about you being on the Game of Thrones. And if you think about the life parallel, this is a Game of Thrones. And yes, your time on the throne is now, Jennifer Ryan Peary Logue. Thank you, Chris. I I'll take it. I I fought really hard for it, and I. Uh, might not have a dragon, but I have a little dog. <laughs> yes. Don't try riding Hazel. It's not going to end well. Yes. Nope. Nope. But uh, it's still the same spirit. But thank you for saying that. Again, I wish I could take you everything with the amazing compliments. And I appreciate it. It's it's a hard road sometimes for women in business. And, and we definitely have to fight to get here. And I'm so glad I had people that mentored me and helped me get here. And women's leadership, as we'll talk about, is what you particularly bring in alchemy and gold to the working voices domain. We'll come on to that. So anything else you want to say about what's uh, shaped you? Um, I would just say that having a community, because I grew up with family being so important, I think I've always sought community. And back to the food reference, I think what's interesting, and a lot of people ask me this, even when I coach them, they feel like they're supposed to specialize in something and be great at one thing. And I say, no, there's a lot of a recipe that makes an amazing cake at the end of the day. And when I first started out, I didn't know I was going to be director of the Americas and run a global team and, and be the account relationship manager for Working Voices. I actually started out, as you know, as an actor, and I came to New York and Part of me being able to make a living was oddly running nightclubs and Irish pubs for some amazing <laughs> Irishmen here in New York City. And there's a really big Irish community here in New York. You too wrote a song about New York and one of the lyrics is the Irish have been coming here for years and it feels like they own the place. So shout out to the lads for helping this very young gal 20 years ago. They taught me so much about hardcore business, about how to survive in a really big market, how to have difficult conversations at 2 a.m. with customers, but they're still your customers the next day. They taught me how to stand up for myself. They taught me how to hustle. And I'm very grateful that I have this interesting soup of creativity, being a stand-up comic, an improver, and an actor, 
but I learned business at the knee of some pretty amazing lads who, who taught me a lot. <laughs> and, and our bar or our bar, as you would say, um, presumably that has a sort of that felt Irish to me when I came to see it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was actually so our bar is a lot of us talk about, you know, the famous show over here, Saturday Night Live. We call it if SNL had a baby and raised it on whiskey and fun, it would be our bar because it is <laughs> set in a bar. I played Jen, the bartender, and now have played her for 11 years. And we do these small little scenes or about two to three minutes. And it encompasses what could happen in a bar in a night. And we have amazing talent pool of writers and amazing talent pool of actors. And we all get together and create magic once every month to do this amazing event. And I was just so lucky because at the time I was running a bar. So that was our theater. <laughs> Thank you. And also you just chimed a word in my head that you didn't say that it's made me think of. And it's a word I've not thought of for one. It's called vignettes. So thank you very much. You do lots of vignettes in the bar about That's life right. in our bar. And there's, there's metaphors for life in the bar. I know, too. That's right. Gorgeous stuff. Love that. So um, can we now think about um, the next level down which is three things that inspire you i know you're it doesn't matter if they intersect slightly you're giving me lots of that but what's inspirational to you i think what's inspirational to me and i know this may sound common sense but not common practice empathy and kindness have gone out of style for some reason and what inspires me is when chris i'll be in the grocery store with my mask on but i'll be in the grocery store and i'll see someone try to reach a can that someone's trying desperately to try to get on the top shelf. And I get a little choked up by little things like that because I thought, oh, I'm not seeing that as much anymore. Or people who generally, like yourself, at the top of our lovely time together, feeling thinking about how to show gratitude or thanking someone or telling them that they inspire them. And so one of the things that's really inspiring me is when people are willing to be vulnerable and show empathy and kindness. It's a bit radical in these I also times. just love the beauty of the um, reach high to pass it back down the ladder. You know, so reaching up to pass it back, even though that's a, a moment, a vignette in a supermarket, if you will, but it, it represents so much profoundness about how we've got to help each other up and down the ladders of life in a way. Absolutely. I'm hearing that a lot in my sessions or right now, because again, a part of my job is being one of the main account relationship managers. Sometimes we are the people that they're reaching out to, to have a little bit of a life raft right now, somebody to listen to because they might be struggling. And so absolutely it's these moments in the grocery store. And I love how that might play out for all of us in a, in a business context. It inspires me very much. Lovely. Anything else that inspires you as we're just shaking the tree for those apples? I've got a ton of stuff, but I'd say the only final thing I'll say on inspiration is I think humor is so crucial. And I know you're going to be right on that thought with me, making people laugh. And I do know sometimes I'm a bit edgy and controversial about there are certain humor moments, especially in a business setting where sometimes yes. they go, my my say, pearl clutching moment. But having the ability to laugh at yourself with others, not at others, <laughs> but having the ability to laugh and finding the humor is so inspiring as well. And again, a bit radical in these times. 
And out of darkness comes laughter. And the, it, the, my favourite quote of the summer was this following quote, which is, we have to laugh because laughter, as we already know, is the first evidence of freedom. Oh, yeah. Boom. Down. You can, it's <laughs> it was in, it came from a dark place, even though it's a very brilliant bit of gold. It was a, I was reading a trilogy about the cartel by Dan Wilmslow, a really brilliant trilogy. But out of that came this nugget. And I've, I've since used it as, as sort of an epicenter of, of my main cut and thrust at the moment. And so absolutely, I'm there with you thinking humour is absolutely essential at the edge of reason at the moment to then pull us forward. I love that. I also like that you said it comes out of darkness. I would say a lot of my, I, I completely agree with that. I remember a lot of my stand-up routine was usually out of some very dark things that had happened to me that I felt like I needed to laugh at. And so I do think that's interesting where the darkness is. Well, is well even the, the genesis, as we know, of slapstick is to laugh at somebody else's misfortune. You know, they fall over and you can laugh. So, so you know, humor is, there's a victim. In, you know, we can talk about that another time, but there, there is, there's always a victim in humor. Um, and so that's why people take offence, as we know. So anyway, we, we both know that. Uh, I'm just riffing on the theme with you there. Beautiful. I love it. OK, so uh, two things that never fail don't to grab your attention. To, uh, what never fails to grab my attention. I would say what never fails to grab my attention is that when we are able to, and I know, again, all the stuff I'm going to say, a lot of people probably go, that's so simple, Jen. But here's what never fails to grab my attention. When we are present and in the moment and truly listening, it all works out. <laughs> I love that. That's, right? <laughs> that's simple and profound, but not simplistic. I love that. Well, that's right. Because there's this simple thing about what do you mean all I have to do is listening now and be present. And maybe I'd even throw in empathy. But as you know, Grimesy, doing that in the moment and practicing that and with everything that goes on with an individual whether that's personal or professional, listening, having empathy and being in the moment can sometimes feel like scaling Everest for some people. Yes. And being present in the moment is when those beautiful moments in theatre reach a sort of epiphany point where everyone's just blissed out with the same common experience and vocabulary of now. Yes. I love yes. that. That definitely grabs my attention. And I think the other thing that always grabs my attention is my obsession with Wonder Woman. I love her. You can see her behind me here for those of you who might be listening, but she's behind me in my in my picture. It's a very particularly special looking picture of Wonder Woman. Who's penned that or painted that particular one? It's almost calligraphy. Fun fact. Fun fact. That is a cross stitch and I did it. <laughs> oh, hello. It looks almost Chinese or Japanese and it's calligraphy. Doesn't it? Some, it? Doesn't it? It does. So, of course, anyone listening, this is a really crap moment for you, but it looks beautiful. Yes. And in fact, we please send us a photograph of that and I'll attach it to the very I shall. I link. shall. I'm a huge superhero fan and I've loved it. And for a while there, it was kind of geeky to like superheroes and it was part of nerd culture. And then all of a sudden nerd culture has become really cool, which thank God, because here I am. I think having superheroes either personally in our lives, because I have so many, I talked about my grandfather, he was a bit of a modern day superhero to me. Mm. But I love that we have these representative characters now, like a Wonder Woman for people who need it. And that represents something. And I've noticed that particularly since the movies have come out, I see globally how people have accepted Wonder Woman as this very cool representative type of icon for, for yes. women like 
like us. So it's very cool. So what never grabs my, never fails to grab my attention is our love for arts, but particularly superheroes. And I, so I love the parallel in there about how having a majorly inspirational superhero is like having a demon or a daemon, as it's called. Uh, and obviously mine is Stan Laurel, as you know, and it's a, a daemon to remind me always, as the Wonder Woman gives you power, to keep it kind, funny, humble and engaging. I could not have said that better. I love it. It's like the golden compass. Exactly. She's kind of behind me, helping me again, nerd culture, but she's behind me, helping me continue to live the values that I believe in so much. I think she's helping you to play it it forward as you always do. I love that. Also, your, your love of the now. There was a really powerful meme of the clock of now, which is out there on the interweb, which is just a clock that goes now, 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 exactly now, now. because all we have is now. It's true. And I think I fell in love with that the way we have by by improving, by being able to make people laugh. And it usually the biggest laugh I could get from people was when I was in that pocket. I was yes. in the zone of being with listening to my scene partner, being able to find that funny and out it would come without me even having to think about it. It was the instincts. And that definitely, definitely gets my attention. Yes. And Awesome, or awesome, as I need to say in American, uh, speak dialectically. So now we're going to talk about what is a quirky or unusual fact about you that we couldn't possibly know until you tell us. Well, and it may not be so unknown now that we've been chatting, but I did used to be a professional stand-up. I I did it for a long time. And I did it at a time that it wasn't probably as in vogue for women to do stand-up. It was me and a bunch of dudes, (laughs) mainly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and uh, I, it, it usually was my sets were usually at 1 a.m. And I would have to really hold an audience's attention when they were not just like, yeah, this would be cool if this chick could make us laugh. No, they were like, you better make us laugh. And so I learned to <laughs> probably my whole business model was based off of how <laughs> I felt at one in the morning <laughs> trying to get people <laughs> to laugh and have a little bit of fun. So I probably learned the most there, but people may not realize. Have you heard about that wonderful construct, which is called the comedian's anthem, which is where you haven't truly made it as a comedian or comedian until you've walked off stage to what's called the comedian's anthem which is the sound of your own footsteps. It's so true. I know it's, isn't that cool though? I think that's another thing we learn is that when you bomb and in that moment of feeling so alone, however, you learn so much from bombing, from making those mistakes. And I, I, think I, I, I over time of, I actually really, really enjoy moments of utter tumbleweed. If you deliver a joke and then it's just like. It's so true. But isn't it brilliant that out of adversity comes creativity? We need the highs, the lows, the lows from the highs. You need to die on your ass to know what it's like to be awesome in front of an audience. You do. I think that gives you so much confidence as well that it's like, oh, that was bad. But hey, I came out of it. And and this is where I can go with that. And I also think there's I really like and I always like this creatively and it's what I like in business. I like that community and the camaraderie. I like being with other people, even if it's the audience. And there is something lovely about when it's tumbleweedy. Yes. You know, you've bombed. The audience knows you've bombed. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. And I love when you can comment on like, well, that was a load of crap that just happened. And everybody's (laughs) like, ah, 
thought she knew it. And then there's this moment of, again, being present and empathy and everybody gets it and we can all laugh at, e at each um, other. Bale, did you laugh. hear in, in Nick Fordham, who we also have the great joy of working with at Working Voices, I don't, you must listen to his interview as well because he talks about a brilliant thing called, it, it's linked to Dare to Suck. It's where the band Aerosmith uh, would get together all set to completely fall about with hysterical laughter at what a complete turnip of an idea I've just had. But they, they would fall in love with the creative process because they insisted, you know, they loved how crap and abominable the ideas were. But the clincher is one in every 10 ideas was absolute gold. And yeah. Love in an Elevator was one of those dare to suck moments where they went, I had this really weird idea in the shower where someone's in an elevator and they're and they, they were like, oh, just a minute. That's fucking genius. And exactly. so, yes. So war stories are from comedy when we've died on our ass. I love There that. you go. And I mean, if you're going to make a mistake, but then Love in an Elevator comes out of it, I'd say let's keep it. Let's do that. <laughs> so now we're going to move away from your tree uh, to talk about alchemy and gold now. And if I may, you're giving me that in bucket loads anyway. There are lots of gems of gold within there. But when you are truly at purpose and in flow, Jennifer mm -hmm. Ryan Pirilog, what is the alchemy and the gold that uh, you like to bring? I think it really is, and I might have mentioned this at the top, but I really do think there's so much power in teaching people empathy and communication skills and that you can change your mindset. I saw a quote that said, change your mindset, change your life. And I really do think when I'm in the zone of being able to be in that present moment of being able to understand, oh, this is what someone's being challenged with right now. And being either being able to unlock their potential by they come up with the answer on their own through coaching techniques, which I think is the coolest. So I don't have to fix anybody. It's more me helping someone find the road. Or it's giving those tools in a high level way, whether that's in a classroom or to our clients. To me, giving the gift of empathy, mindset and great communication skills is is my gold. I love that. And it gets into the lovely territory of empowering them through the conduct of their own inner genius to get where they know deep down they need to get to. You've just got to nudge it along in that direction. Maybe that's why I love Wonder Woman so much is she really was the symbol of she had the most she was the most powerful superhero, but her brand was really about love and goodwill. And that's a big reason that gold for me was something when I dressed up like her as a little girl, I wanted to be like her. And it's cool. I get to do that every day. Lovely. And we're coming beautifully to a point now where I'm going to award you with a cake, Jennifer Ryan Pirilog. Nom, 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 nom. It can be a cake of choice. And then there's a cherry to be put upon the cake where it's the legacy of the conversation you'd like to leave us with. Open to interpretation as a metaphor. It could be the best piece of advice your grandfather or whoever else has ever given you. It can be a favourite leadership quote. Or it could even be, you talked about your niece and the fact you're sort of mentoring her at the moment. It could be what advice would you give to a younger version of yourself? You know, you can go where you like, but what's the cherry on the cake you'd like to place? Well, I have, and I'll, I'm showing this to you, but I'm going to read it, but it is a framed letter that my grandfather wrote to me. And he wrote this to me on the day I graduated college, which was yesterday. Just kidding. Um, no, this is many years ago. <laughs> um, but he wrote me this beautiful letter. And I think that the advice in here is definitely part of my brand, but could be useful to anyone. So this letter goes, my dearest Jennifer, and I might get emotional when I read this, Gramsci. So let's warn the readers. I might get emotional. So 
come on the train of being uncomfortable in emotion. But my dearest Jennifer, today you graduate from college. I remember October 14th, 1977. The little girl lives in my memory, always a part of the woman I see. You are my reminder that life is a precious gift. Life's joy is to love, waste not a moment. Pursue your dreams, trying offers hope of succeeding, not trying guarantees failure. Forget the unhappiness of yesterday, live in love today, prepare for tomorrow's successes and never give up. And remember always, you are loved unconditionally, Papa. <laughs> Perfect and beautiful. And I just mm -hmm. wanted to leave that silence hanging there. And can I say what an immense privilege it's been talking to you, uh, Jennifer Ryan Perry Logue. Um, where can we find out um, more about you if we want to on the internet? Because we, yes. we didn't talk about saltcracker crazies. And so, so where could we yeah. go to find out more about you? Okay, so for Working Voices, if you go to our lovely Working Voices website, there's a lovely bio of me under Gen Jennifer Logue and Director of the Americas. I am on LinkedIn as Jennifer Logue as well. I'm also for, if you want to go to the website of www.rbarnyc.com, you can get all information about our bar and where to follow us. And we also have live streams of our shows. And also we have a Saltcracker Crazies website as well, www.thesaltcrackercrazies.com website. <laughs> I play a character in my band called Lickery Split. So everybody should check out why that is. And maybe <laughs> maybe not Google that, who knows, but maybe do Google that. Yes. <laughs> not, not, maybe the, not maybe our professional clients, but yes. <laughs> So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, you have been listening to Jennifer Ryan Pirillo, Queen of the Americas, Queen Elise on Game of Thrones, and just all round wonderful, awesome human being and women's leadership aficionado extraordinaire. Ladies and gentlemen, and good night. Thank you, Grimesy. You've been listening to the Good Listening To podcast with me, Chris Grimes. If you've enjoyed the programme, then please do subscribe on all the usual channels. There's also a dedicated Facebook group for the programme too, and I'm hosted on Buzzsprout. If you'd like to connect with me on LinkedIn, then please do, and then on Twitter and Instagram, at that Chris Grimes. Also, if you'd be interested in having some coaching from me to help you level up your confidence, your personal impact, or your brand, then contact me via email, chris at secondcurve.uk. So until next time, thank you for listening, and goodbye. <laughs>